0: hey welcome back to yet another episode of what the terry summers podcast you know i'm gonna milk this for all it's worth mama loves cheese Mama loves milk products. I can't think of a milk product that I don't like. I know I have a lot of friends who um, don't like cottage cheese. And uh, I, uh, okay, but I, I love cottage cheese. Uh, No matter the texture or weirdness. I think that's probably the only thing that I've ever heard anyone say, oh, I just don't like that. That's a milk product. But um, I will consume it all. And then to boot, I love cows. I grew up in a dairy farming community. It was not predominantly, that's my phone. Mm. Sorry about that. It was not predominantly rural, but it had a rural-esque-ness to it. Say that three times quickly. Um, It was known, though, for years as being a dairy farming hub in Southern California, uh, Chino, California, actually. A lot of Dutch dairy farming families were there. My father uh, worked for a lot of them. You could smell... Um, Chino, uh, as you approached it on a freeway or a, um, highway when you were rolling through town because you, you can smell the, um, the cow poop. Uh, however, I, and then in the evening when it would get cool, and you get a breeze you could definitely smell the cow poop but it is a smell that feels like home to me and it's it's warm and fuzzy so i've always had a thing for cows i've always had a thing for dairy um and then uh gosh Nearly 30 years ago or so, actually a little bit longer than that, I met uh, a dairy farming family where uh, it was a hub, a hub of dairy farmers, uh, the Kerr family. I had seen a Kerr on earlier in um, this podcast year, you may remember, but today I am having her husband, Bill Kerr, on And he is just going to give us a little peek into the world of dairy farming. If you want to go to my website, terrysummers.com, and search in the Watcher area, there is also a video that I did a handful of years ago with his son on their dairy. But, uh, you know, there's just something about milk. First of all, it does the body good. But... It is something that most, most um, households have in their refrigerator right now um, or have had or will is on the grocery list. And I know that there are many who don't do dairy and that, um, you know, vegans, etc. And that's all super cool. I understand and, and even lean towards some of those um, theories, but I just can't put down that milk. I can't put down the cheese. I just can't. So tell me what you need to tell me. Um, tell me that it does my body good because that only makes it better. You are going to dig Bill. He's a sweetheart and he just has a a, a lot of knowledge. Um, he has known nothing but dairy farming from the time he was bone. So um, it's super cool. I think dairy farming is something... Uh, to be looked at with high regard. It is a careful group of people, uh, for the most part, that are handling these animals and bringing so much to our kitchens, our tables, our nutritions, and our body. Come on, meet Bill Kerr. Do you see, Mr. Bill Kerr, the little red record button?
1: I think I do on your picture. I believe On my picture? Yes.
0: Well, but at least oh, see it. you see it now. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I am tickled to have you. I uh, have previously given the audience a heads up a little bit about how I know you, but I've known you for a good long time. It's and been, um, it's been thirty years. Uh, i mid '80s um late eight, well actually probably officially yeah i you're right you're you're actually more accurate than i am i yeah. met you in the mid-80s yeah then i think we became friends when i actually moved over here in exactly. 91 is she 90 okay. 91 mm-hmm. <laughs> so i mean we're literally looking at our 30th friendship birthday yeah
1: that's and neat. you
0: look pert- near exactly like you did when i met you
1: you are very, very, very nice. No, I've got, my hat, I mean, I've got I, my hat on for a reason, Terry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know what I think of when I think of you? I mean, there's a lot of things because of what you do and have done for a living and your family. But when I think of you, and I'm just being transparent. I don't know if you've listened to any of my podcasts. I'm sure you listened to the one where I had your beautiful wife on, yes. seeing her. Yes. Um, I think of joy.
1: Oh,
0: you thank you. Uh, Even I I know the audience can't see your face, but your face says joy. I think your spirit says joy, your sense of humor says joy. You are a kind person, you are a warm person, and I have always held you in that place. You know, I love your girl, and I have since I met her. That's not to say that you have not held an equal. Uh, throne-like position with me. And, well, and I was just you. also thinking, it's a shame we don't, and I know COVID's changed a lot of comings and goings of people, but even before that, it's a shame that we don't see, or at least for me, that I don't see more of you because you are just that kind of guy. But you are a really sharp business person in my understanding of you. And tell me, um, the audience knows that you uh, have been in the dairy farming business um, pretty much essentially your whole life because of your folks, right? Exactly. So yeah. tell me your first memories of a cow.
1: Oh my gosh. I remember going to the barn and uh, helping my dad uh, clean the barn up. And back in the day, they would used to sanitize the sanitize the barn with lime oh really and uh i I can't imagine thinking there would be a big old bucket of lime that you would fill a gunny sack up with and then you would go through the barn shaking it and it would just make the whole place be powdery white and i can't imagine breathing that stuff today (laughs) but there's a lot of stuff back in the day we didn't know but right uh, and lime pretty much killed everything but I remember the cats in the barn, the, every time the the milking would be over, all the cats would show up, and they wanted all that milk that whenever they would empty the lines, cleaning up the lines, all the cats knew where the milk was going to be. So.
0: Oh, seriously?
1: Yeah. So.
0: Um, and was it, I mean, I'm sure you had to, I mean, the kind of work is noble, too, because it involves, I love animals, I love animals, but I'm sure you look at them a little bit differently, but, um, which I'll ask you about in a bit, but what, um, what kind of, and you know, I'm a feeling oriented person and we know, as we were just talking earlier before I started recording that sometimes y'all fellas, um, might not be, but what did it feel like to grow up in a home where you knew that that was what you did for a living, your family did?
1: You know, I'd... I didn't really know anything other than that, Uh, and you don't have that today. Not too many people are raised on the farm, and uh, and I think a lot of people don't realize that when you have farm animals, once you put them in a pen, that animal relies on you uh, Mm. for food, shelter, water, and it it really becomes a bond with. They're they're part of the family. I don't want to make it sound like a little bit corny. But they really are. Um, the genetics from my grandpa's dairy back in the 40s are a part of our herd today.
0: Get out of town.
1: Because of our breeding. So they really are uh, a family. And you, you have to treat each animal as that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you really do get attached to them. It's just not a number. They're all numbered. They're okay. all in the computer. They all, we all know their birth dates and when they're supposed to calve. Um, and they are numbered, but you do have different personalities of animals. When you have a thousand cows out there, you always have that one cow that wants to come in the barn first,
0: Really? one cow that
1: wants to go on the left side of the barn or the right side of the barn, one cow that wants to be in there first or the ones that want to be in there last. So there's no doubt there's a gigantic personality when you have animals.
0: And did you, um, have any other thought of anything that you wanted to do, or was this just something that was a slam dunk that you wanted to be a dairy farmer?
1: Well, since you said slam dunk, I never did the slam dunk thing cause I wasn't tall enough, but I love to play basketball and I had a, a full ride scholarship to go play basketball at Grand Canyon college. You did? But, uh, yes. And, uh, so, uh, I basically turned that down for, I don't know why. I was, School wasn't my thing. I went to school because of basketball. I loved basketball, but I met my wife in high school, and she winked at me. And after <laughs> that day, uh, we pretty much was married a year after graduation. So, but no, I, uh, yeah, I turned down a scholarship to be a dairyman.
0: Interesting. I love that. I mean, I, I'm sure I had heard that you played basketball. I heard you were an athlete, but I didn't know about the scholarship yeah. and that is so cool. So it's in you and actually your two brothers did it for a while as well. Yeah. They played it in high
1: school. Yeah.
0: Well, I meant dairy yeah. farming. They went into that. Your brothers went into that for a while.
1: Yes, but it's been a very challenging livelihood, uh, um uh, with the markets the way they are, and then the global markets the way they are. Back when my dad was dairying, it was pretty much a local market. We would sell to the grocery stores around, you know, and it would always be local. But now we have a co-op that we ship dairy products all over the world. And you oh, think you're I- you're obviously always thinking of milk, but I look at it as components of powdered milk, cheese way uh we ship clear to vietnam i mean it's all over the world i think we have like 35 different countries that ships and when the pandemic hit a lot of that stopped and that's why you might have saw in the news that we were dumping a lot of milk because all of a sudden overnight there was no overseas market and then everybody was panicking that there was plenty of milk here in arizona but there wasn't enough uh, trucks or people to get the milk to the stores and, oh, wow. and people in the back so uh so we, how uh, has
0: that changed has it has that recouped any or are you still not doing any kind of overseas stuff
1: oh no we've got that's pretty much back to okay. normal uh well are we ever going to be normal i hope we are but uh that has come back a lot better
0: okay all right what are the highlights of being a dairy farmer.
1: You know, just raising your family. I think you couldn't ask for a, a better place. Uh your kids having a work ethic um uh you know things won't get done unless you get it done and uh and you know there's a lot to be done. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things is probably the work ethic and just being outside a lot. I love the outdoors. I love working with animals. Uh, I love a lot of farming. Um, I had one of my little grandkids just walk in, walk, walk behind me. I, we have 11 grandkids, but family is so critical to our family.
0: And waking up where you work, what does that
1: <laughs> do to you? You know, that's funny because about 12 years ago, I actually moved off the farm to another house. And that was really hard to get used to because if you've ever been on our dairy, and I know you have, yeah. when the cows eat they always go through the mangers and it makes a cling at, at, at the it's called the lockouts and they and you hear that so you'll be sitting outside or early in the morning and you hear that clinging noise and you know that's a that's a good noise to hear um, but it's funny how the noises that you get to hear the smells cutting alfalfa um, uh, raking alfalfa um, and actually the smell of dirt people probably don't even know what dirt smells like but out there disking fresh dirt that's kind of has moisture in it has a has its own smell of its own too that uh you know and then maybe even the silage smells that some of the city folk think stinks but i have a it has a pleasant smell to me (laughs) (laughs) it's something you get too used to i guess
0: um i know one of the highlights of any kind of um, project that I work, have worked on. And I mean this sincerely was coming out and doing a day in the life of a cow on your dairy and Wes took me around, but y'all were out there too. Yeah. Um, it is, um, to say charming kind of cuts it short because I know there's so much to it, but the charm of that environment gripped me. And I will often, no joke, go back and look at that piece and just listen to Wes telling me about what all went into their breakfast. And uh, I I called it breakfast. Um, But uh, it really has such an allure to me. And cows do too. I think cows are one of my favorite animals and i know they probably are yours but um they kind of are curious creatures don't you find that they're a little bit nosy oh
1: my goodness you know since we have been breeding a different breed of animal um we've always had holsteins my dad had holsteins they're the big cows that are black and white and now we're breeding them to a jersey which actually has a different component meaning they're a little higher in fat and a little higher in protein. So we're after that. That's what we get paid on. So we're we're crossbreeding. And they've had a habit. A Jersey cow has a habit of always touching things with their tongue. And they have they have turned all our holsteins into that. So you come out <laughs> and they're all licking on the, the panels <laughs> and they're licking on things. And you'll go outside right now and you're hear them licking the fences because the fences might not be all welded everywhere so they're jingling around Uh but it's so funny uh the difference in just the different breeds you wouldn't think a milk cow is a milk cow but oh no 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 so um but yeah there's something a little bit different uh i I know when you talked about their breakfast and we always kind of look at it like a granola bar
0: that's
1: uh, what I said. I it, said, this is granola, and I wanted some so much. Yeah, but it, and you, and I'm sure you smelt the feed that we feed. I mean, it's it's all mixed in to where every little bite that that cow takes has the nutritional value of that cow that's all mixed up. And, and so, you know, we have a nutritionist that comes out once a month. I don't have a nutritionist myself, I, I need one. But, uh, my cows are looked at, uh, once a month with the nutritionist he goes and looks at the feeds and what's available we buy different feeds different times of the year and we might buy the same same feed all year long but the different time of year makes that quality of that feed different so you have to add and take to make sure that they get the right vitamins and minerals because in the summertime alfalfa hay is not as um, rich in the like, like right now, the alfalfa now is really great in protein and all that. So, so he's constantly monitoring that. And then there's a vet on my place every two weeks, uh, preg checking and looking at the herd. So, uh, we like I say, what I said earlier, we take care of them like family because you know, if we don't take care of them, they're not going to take care of us. And uh, uh, that's our stance on you know, a happy cow is a nice, happy cow that'll produce milk.
0: And how many cows do you guys have?
1: You know, we average about 1,100 cows that we milk, and probably 90% of them we, we milk three times a day. And then the other ones are either cows that are about past their lactation to where they're going to calve, and so they're not producing as much as they were, and they'll be milked twice a day. But uh,
0: When you say yeah. past their lactation, how long, what, what kind of life, uh lactation life does a cow have
1: you know lactation life is about 300 days she will milk but she has to get pregnant to have that milk so after she's getting you know after she has a baby calf they go in a pen that we watch them real close and uh and then maybe about two months after she's had a baby that's when we will breed them back and then once they get pregnant again they'll uh milk until they get about two months before calving so then we put them in the dry cow pen which is the time for they can relax and start building up their body and uh and getting ready for the next calf and then two months after she goes dry she calves again and the whole cycle goes over again
0: so no wonder i mean i guess as things have evolved you said they're all on computer no wonder because there's a There's a pattern and a livelihood that you have to monitor for every animal.
1: Exactly. That's a a
0: big deal. What are some of the um, things that I think may, that I would think, or actually I'm asking you, but what are some things that I might not know or the average milk consumer may not know about the process of getting milk? and other dairy products onto the shelves that only you really understand?
1: Well, there's a bunch of it that's in the industry that, you know, understands this, but the average housewife and the average stay at home dad, um, probably doesn't realize it only takes about a day and a half for our fresh milk to get milked yesterday to get to your store today. Or, you know, so it's, it's, and 95% of the milk that you have here in Arizona is local. Um, so uh, it's very fresh and it's very local. Um, uh, a lot of the brands are all local companies that we sell to. I, we, we have a co-op here in Arizona, United Dairymen of Arizona. Right. And then all our milk goes to them. And then, uh, then it's sent to the, the Safeways, the Bashes, the Fries uh all that is our milk and so that's that's the biggest thing i when when people say that oh i just want to go buy local well you buy milk in them stores that is that is as local as it can get
0: interesting i did not know that yeah um and it is a business what are some of the highs and some of the lows of the business that you are in
1: you know back in the day you could kind of count on a market, you could look at the futures and kind of see, wow, this will be a good day, this will be a a good year. And the feed prices, but so much as our feeds goes overseas too. I mean, China used to buy a lot of our corn and when that goes overseas, a lot of these uh, 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 gasoline, uh, ethanol plants have started making ethanol out of feed that used to go to a cow. So that that made the price go up too, because now we're competing with the ethanol group. Um, So that's some of the challenges. And then, you know, back in the day, the bankers really wanted to do business with dairymen because it was always a steady income. And a lot of farming, you only get paid when you get the crop. And a lot of times the crops take six months or seven months to get paid. But dairy, it was always a constant. But you know, now I, the, the dairy industry only has about two or three banks you can go to. And back in the day, well, if you don't treat us, we can go to another bank. No, we, we you have to really develop a good friendship with your banker. And even if you have that friendship, they don't have much say over the whole bank industry. I mean, they are only looking at figures and, you might have a real good banker that you're real close to, but they don't have much control over that because, you know, it's all being done in San Francisco or other places that don't even know your name.
0: Got it. So, um, so the big business side of it kind of has, has, has complicated things a little bit.
1: Very much so. Very much so. And then, you know, Terry, some of the things we have to deal with too is just, Um, the animal rights groups and the people that think that we're abusing these animals. And that is so far. I mean, obviously over the years you've seen some things on YouTube or wherever that just shows a bad scummy person that, you know, there's a bad apple in all our livelihoods. And uh, so, you know, some of that does go on and we need to stop that just like in every business. There's, you know, but, you know, and like I said earlier, we really treat our animals. There's no reason for you to be in the dairy business or any other, if you don't enjoy it and if you don't absolutely love it. And so we're always having to, you know, fight that. But you, know, they got to realize that, you know, we're feeding not only Arizona, but the world. And uh, there's just so many people that live here that we are so spoiled with going and buying nutritional food at a price that the rest of the world would love to have
0: exactly and
1: most of our problems is we're all overweight because it's so easy to go you know it's easy to go get something and exactly. you know you know at the at the far uh, the, the fairs and stuff we have a uh, uh we call it our the farm tours and my mom and dad started that back in the eighties at the state fair. And they've always had this thing. There's no such thing as fast food. And when you run through these fast food restaurants, you want it. You, there's three cars in front of you, no, but you want it now. <laughs> and, but it took six months to grow that, the, the, the wheat for that bread. And uh, it took uh, three or four months to grow the lettuce. And what about that tomato that's on that thing? so nothing in agriculture the cows that we're breeding today on our herd will be born in nine months and then two two years after they're born is when they actually become productive and go through our dairy and start producing so the things that we are doing today we don't really know is this a good move or not
0: for almost three
1: years so wow you know and and like We call our dairy a closed herd, which means we don't buy any cows from anybody. So our herd is from us. And for us to get to where we're not interbreeding all the time, which is not good. Uh, Wesley's always, my son, is always breeding different uh, bulls that we can't interbreed all the time. So, you know, it's not, it's a science. And that's another thing I probably you learned when you came out to the farm. I did. How much of a science it is, and it's um, yeah, it,
0: it tripped me out really because um, there is so much that goes. I think everyone would love, and I don't. I by no means am I suggesting anyone tries to bombard y'all, but I mean just to educate themselves, watch you know some footage somewhere or something, because it is. Quite a process and and it it I always respected you guys don't get me wrong but boy did it up your status in my mind in terms of how you manage and what you have to do because there's so much to it right Um, that I still didn't even fully grasp you know what I mean I I knew that I couldn't quite get the picture I mean I got the picture but I couldn't quite get the details of the picture because there's so much to know
1: well, and I think um I think with Wesley, too, and I know you said that you went and saw him Wes he you can see the passion that he has okay. and and the love. I really think whenever people that come that have these questions and and maybe have this an attitude of you know, we're just doing this for the money or or we're abusing these animals. I think you leave different whenever you meet someone that has a passion for that what we do and I know uh, yesterday Wesley was uh, he he was on with the Arizona Dairy Council you might look it up and he had a, a virtual tour yesterday and people were asking questions while he walked around the farm and it really was oh my cool. gosh! So that's maybe look awesome. it up when we get off this for Arizona okay, Dairy Council. Okay, I will.
0: Council. And I will try to remember, I'm not the best at it because I'm I'm technically challenged, but I will try to put, when I find it, I'll try to put a link in this podcast episode so okay. that someone could also grab that. What well, It's you know, the Arizona great. Dairy Council?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yes. I have done voiceover work for the Arizona Dairymen's, is, is that your co-op?
1: Yep, and I've heard your voice. I kind of recognize your voice when I hear it.
0: And then I, I think one time I did a spot for the council. It was, it was having to do with the campaign, but they brought me in because of my connection doing work for um, the dairy farmers. But And it was an honor. And I felt like a smarty pants that I actually <laughs> knew. I knew some folk. um you I wanted to honor your time frame I know you have some places to be we have a little bit of time left but um you mentioned you have 11 grandkids which is crazy your children are some of the most beautiful children outside and inside on the planet and uh to stay in contact with them on social media is a hoot because I know that your girls were in my first wedding um and to see them now with their own children and stuff is just a thrill. And Wes is Wes is like you. He's joy, and he's one of the most sincere, sweetest young men that I've ever met. But they produce some beautiful grandchildren, and you oh. have given a count of 11. Yes, yes. And then I know that there's a little farm stand thing that happened, and I don't mean little as in small, but as in precious. How did that come about, that your grandkids kind of get the
1: tag on well you know it was it it was probably my idea but uh uh i just wanted to make sure the kids knew the work ethics of farming and and all that so we just started a little farm stand we still do it to this day every uh saturday in june and usually the third, the last saturday in may and then we go to the fourth of july we're selling watermelons sweet corn um uh, Tomatoes, uh, squashes, um, honey, uh, and this year we'll be selling some of the meat that we have that we homegrown. But um, and people just love to come to the farm and just see the localness and have and actually seeing the kids doing the work. They'll they'll be taking your watermelons to the the car, and uh, you'll have a little one of my grandkids will be behind the cash register counting <laughs> counting the change and. <laughs> and I think it's it's just a neat uh, just to see from my oldest is uh ten years old down to my youngest I think he's three, so uh, so it's just a fun family thing that and and the community really loves to come and see that and so uh, we're just really been blessed and uh, with being able to do that I think this will be our fourth year that we've done it so oh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: Um and that begins you said possibly the end of May.
1: Yes, the first Saturday, the last Saturday in May, all the way to the 4th of July whenever that is. I haven't looked. Okay. Uh, when that is. So. And
0: that is actually um if folks wanted to come out, where would they go?
1: It would be on Dean Road out here in Buckeye. Okay. Uh, 80 8400 South Dean. Uh you can look us up on uh we have a website uh Kerr Family Dairy and uh, You can follow us there and we have stuff on there all the time. Uh, uh, Wes is very popular with people wanting to interview him. So uh, there's (laughs) a lot of that.
0: (laughs) That's so cool. Um, And you just added your meat to that, right? Is that a new um, wing to the venture?
1: It is. Uh, uh, It's not a wing. There's no wings on on (laughs) the paddock. Uh, I knew as soon as I said
0: that it was going to come back and Buffalo
1: bite. wings and <laughs> I haven't figured that one out yet.
0: A new leg. Uh,
1: <laughs> yep. So, uh, no, we, we just started that uh, last month and I know that started from people coming to our sales in June always wanting some uh, farm fresh meat that was local and uh, it's definitely local. They've been uh, raised and bred and and uh, right here on the farm, so it, they haven't left the place. So, and how does and that work?
0: Out of curiosity, how does that work? Is it something that someone asks and makes an order, and then comes and gets it at a later date?
1: Exactly. Yep. it started. We we sold them all out last Wednesday, and so we're waiting for our next animal to be processed, which hopefully in a couple Wednesdays from now we'll have the meat. And my daughter Megan uh, has different. Packages that you can buy that have different it. kind of cuts of meat in it.
0: I got it. Yeah. So, in these, in this stage in your life where um, you have your, I'm going to say this for you. You, it has to seems to look at the lineage, and it it has continued with West being part of this, and then the grandkids as well. Um, what does that feel like? To you, having been raised in this and now seeing your family participate in such a grand way,
1: I th- it's really a, a neat feeling to have that opportunity. You don't see it much anymore, and you're we're we're losing that. I I think because uh, I don't even know how long Wes wants to do it. He loves it. Uh, he's got a son. And that doesn't mean it's only goes to the sun. I mean, a lot of times right. the daughters take off with it too, but it's really, it is really neat to uh, have that uh, connection to uh, the ground and to the animals. And, uh, you know, you just kind of, you, you don't take things for granted, like a lot of people do. Uh, but no, it's really cool. My, my grandpa actually my lost two dairies back in Michigan through the depressions and he started it up again and then when he moved out here in the early 40s to get out of the Michigan weather and that's when my dad started dairying here in Arizona and okay. uh, uh and it's like it's like I said earlier it's not for everybody uh today Terry if you went and asked a kid uh what he's going to do you're never going to hear well I'm going to college become a dairyman <laughs> <laughs> You either have to marry into it or you're born into it. and mm-hmm. uh, and that's really the only way uh, to get into it because it's such a uh, uh, to get started is such a big financial commitment.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is there anything in your um, realm, your head, your thinking that you want to do that you haven't done?
1: Well, right now I wouldn't say I'm semi-retired. We we do a, we have about 600 acres of farm ground that we farm to feed the animals. Everything that we grow goes into an animal, so we're we're not we're not growing something that we're going to sell somewhere. It's it's into our herd. Um, you know, I just love doing what we do. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I couldn't really say. If I would have done things differently, I don't know if I would have changed anything differently. Um, but no, I, I, I don't have anything. Uh, I'm very active right now, and uh, I don't know when that's gonna change. I don't, I'm not expecting it to change. But like I said earlier, it, we live in such crazy times to where uh, you know you don't know what we'll be doing in five years from now, right. especially here in Arizona. You see what's happening to all the farm ground.
0: Right. Everybody's
1: wanting to move to Arizona. Right. And so once all this farm ground disappears, that's what we feed our animals uh, the food. So we would have to haul it farther. So, um, you know, it's just time will tell.
0: Okay. Do you like milk? Yes, I do. I do too. Do you drink whole milk? Yes, I do. Me too.
1: Well, you know, that was a big kind of scam back in the day when fat was so bad for you. There's been numerous studies that that fat that's in that milk goes to your bones so much more better and for your health, especially when you have kids, because a lot of people started feeding their kids skim milk or 1% milk. And the next thing you know, them kids are eating more snacks because that milk was not, fulfilling like it was. Mm
0: -hmm. And so I
1: think that tide has kind of turned and came back to where we were. I was trying to lose weight by getting skim milk myself. I couldn't stand drinking it because it was like water to me. (laughs) But, uh, no, we're, we're drinking 100% milk now. That's, uh, (laughs) yeah. yeah.
0: You know what? And I, I, it's interesting that you say that about the children because, um, uh, I, I was thinking last night, knowing I was going to be visiting you with this morning, that a tall glass of cold milk is the thirst quencher of all thirst quenchers. I mean, I, I there's something about milk. And I know there's a lot of people that are quote unquote lactone. And I say quote unquote, because I don't know this myself. I know I'm not saying it's not a real thing, but there are lactose intolerant. And I don't even know what all that means, but I know that I can drink a tall cold glass of milk and it will quench my thirst better than any kind of soda or tea and sometimes even water and um because it it has to be because of all that's going on inside that milk and i do can i do admit that i am a whole milk drinker my mom back in the day you know when weight watchers was prime and every woman hat was on it and they wanted you to eat your grape nut cereal with the skim milk we had skim milk and i just didn't it didn't. I mean, I would drink it. It just didn't resonate with me. And then the 1% and the 2%. But I okay. am a full fat, no pun intended, whole milk drinker. And well, I absolutely me, love it.
1: Let me tell you a little story about the milk. I don't know if you realize this, but most cows, cow milk is about 3.5% fat. Okay. Well, so that means it's 97% fat free, but we can't advertise it that way. And so whenever you go buy that skim milk or that 1% milk, you think, well, how in the heck do they only have this milk that's 1% that comes out of the cow at 3.5%? Well, what we do at the plant is we take every bit of the fat out. Oh, and then we put 1% back in the 1%.
0: Ah, uh, gotcha.
1: 2% milk, 2% goes back into that milk.
0: Oh, gotcha. So there is a
1: separation of the fats, but then you put it back in. So the consumer... When you buy whole milk, it's 3.5% fat, you buy 2%, you're guaranteed that it's 2% fat, 1%, and then with skim milk, there's, it's taken all out. So a lot of people don't realize, you've never thought about that, have you? About no. well, what do you mean 100%? What does that mean? Right. Uh, it, like I say, we're getting back to the science again. Uh, there's a lot that is done that uh, makes that one of the best. Um, uh, things you can buy at the store is the uh, nutritional milk.
0: Yeah, and again, I just want to say that you mentioned it that we really don't. Um, I don't know that we know how blessed we are when you can go in and get a gallon of milk as inexpensively as we can. When when most of the world can't do that or doesn't appreciate that. But um, and you know the slogan that came out was it in the seventies? Milk does a body good yeah um, and it does yeah. and um and you do you do my heart good bill and i want to thank you for coming on today and um i got to come out and check out your farm stand but i'm going to put some of that information on so that people can if they do want to come out they can take a look at it um in may june and the very beginning of july and then also that link so that someone can see uh wes's virtual tour that's super cool But I love you, my friends. And I think of you guys often. I'm so glad that you do what you do and that you're these shining beacons in the community uh, in Arizona and particularly in the West Valley. And give my love to your girl when you see her again. Um, And hopefully, maybe we can all go get a little lunchy or something in the future.
1: Sounds so very good, Terry. And we always have, our farm is always open for tours. And uh, uh, so if that's something that people would like to do, you just don't show up there, but make an appointment to where Wes can have a a real personal relationship with everybody that comes. So
0: That's awesome. And they would reach out for that uh, by maybe emailing you or someone at uh, Kerr Family Dairy.
1: At gmail.com.
0: Perfect. I'll put that in the link the the bit as well. So I will don't go away. I'm gonna say a, a nice friendly goodbye to you when I stop recording, but we will look forward to the time that we get to have you on the Terry Summers podcast again. Thank you, my great. friend. Hang on for a minute. Now was that fun? Aww. I hope you give them a holler or an email and reach out. I will put the details um on this podcast link, but I'll also put them on my Facebook page if you want to go there so that you can reach out to them and make an appointment to go. You know, it is just a lovely experience and it's so educational and cows are just a warm creature. They are um, hospitable, I guess, is the word that comes to mind. I don't know. Go check that video out on my website, TerrySummers.com. I think it's called A Day in a Life, A Day in the Life of a Cow. Yes. Um, and uh we'll see ya. Maybe not see ya, but you'll hear me next week. Love ya. Bye. Mm-hmm. 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 That was my best shot at a cow.